All right, good morning, everybody. Let's go ahead and get started. Wow, there we go. So a little little scrambled here, but thank you for uh, for, for joining us. We'll, we'll get going. Thank you for grabbing a seat. And uh, again, another week with no oatmeal, but we're going to make it. Okay, we've got some great supplements and substitutes. So hey, welcome to the final men's life for this session. Okay, so we were scrambling a little bit because we weren't expecting for this to be the last one. So I've got um, you know, all these jokes and things that I've been accumulating that I've been trying to kind of trickle out through the, but I got to squeeze them all in today. So we may just have kind of a rush job uh, uh, here. So I was talking with Andrew this morning, had uh, some, some great contributions. He was reminding us that, you know, despite some of the criticisms we get for the um, age and ancientness of our faith and not being with the times, you know, there's actually a lot of technology in the Bible, if, if you knew that. So Andrew was talking about how Moses, um, despite what our friends in Silicon Valley might have us believe, Moses was the first person to actually download something from the cloud <laughs> to a tablet. Believe that. Yeah. Uh, another random humorous moment from the Bible that I've, I you know, was struggling to just squeeze in, and so there's no way to do this other than just to awkwardly impose it right now. A lot of times our faith is criticized. God is too serious and vengeful and angry. Well, I'd, I'd like to think God has a little bit of a sense of humor. And, uh, you know, there's some smiles in the Bible. I think one of the, one of the funniest parts of the, of the scriptures that I've come across, you know, there's this section in the New Testament, uh, especially on the morning of the resurrection in the Gospel of John. And, you know, in the Gospel of John, those of you who followed along, you know that John likes to refer to himself as the, the disciple that Jesus loved yeah. or the other disciple. And there's this moment where the women come back and talk about how the tomb was empty. You, re- you recall this, right? And Peter and John then go running to the tomb. Okay, then there's that one verse, I forget the exact number, but it says they both ran but the other disciple got there first. That's it. That's the verse. That's like, well, what, what, what is God communicating through time and space? What is the transcendent inspired message here? And it's really nothing short than John is faster than Peter. Right? I mean, that's, that's all John's doing there. Just, just for the record. You know, we are establishing the bedrock of our faith, the risen Savior. And just as a footnote, I want to be clear. I, I got there first. I was faster. So I want to have that in there as well. Okay, well, final men's life, final Tuesday morning, final uh, rise and shine early. So for those of you who have that uh, weekly alarm set on your phone, this is the time to change it. Because you know what's going to happen next week if your alarm goes off at 4.30 or whenever you get up and you didn't have to wake up your wife, uh, that could be trouble. Okay, so make sure you get that alarm turned off. You know, I... I don't even have that luxury. I was long ago uh, banished to the basement guest room on Monday nights when Ben's life is, I, I just, which is fine. Uh, but I was informing my wife the other day that, hey, last men's life. So from now on, I, I'm back up in the bedroom. And she was a little less enthusiastic than, than, I, than I was hoping. Oh, great, great. Welcome, welcome back. So anyway, so whatever uh, transition you have, coming as a result of this week. Just make sure you are prepared and your loved ones are prepared accordingly. Now, as you recall from the email that we got from Steve, 
we are hoping to do a celebration breakfast. Those of you who have not been part of Men's Life previously, we've always ended the spring session with a big breakfast out there, nice hot meal, some commentary. We don't do small group time. We just kind of wrap everything up and put a bow on the year. Can't do that right now because of our kitchen situation, but we have all the best of intentions of doing that as soon as possible. So maybe in a few weeks or so. So keep one of your Tuesday mornings still available. One more early morning alarm. Okay, a couple other things on the list, and then we will transition to our teaching time with Mr. Mike. So, lamb's lunch. We've talked about this before. Thank you to all of you who have participated in that. We've got two more sessions that we as a men's ministry are committed to supporting. So, of course, thank you to Paul. I saw Paul here earlier today. There he, where did he go? There he is. Okay, hiding behind Jim. Uh, so, appreciate all that you've been doing, and let's make sure that we're helping Paul. I did get some uh, reminders last week that I know somebody's group, small group, has signed up to assist. Forgive me for forgetting who that was, but I've, who, who was to, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, Mark was telling me about that. So, so you guys are signed up for March? We're going to do April. April. But I think Paul's covered for March, right? Yeah, we need one more person for March, and then we're covered for both months. One more. So I just pick somebody? Is that how that works? Well, you just raised your hand. <laughs> well, okay. That could work, too. I've, I've been known to show up to Lamb's Lunch occasionally. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what the, the kiddos are. Um, uh, we've gone several times with our kids. Good time all around. So, yes, to the extent that you can help with Lamb's Lunch, get uh, signed up on that list there. We've got a couple other announcements on the list here. Spiritual gifts assessment. So there's some stuff on the back table. You may know that one of the prominent ministries we have here, uh, Shirley Davis, heads up our spiritual gifts assessment here at the church and has done some wonderful things. I know many here in the room have taken that assessment and have really honed in on some of the practical application of spiritual gifts that, of course, we've been learning about on Tuesday morning. So if you want to put some things into practice, this is a great next step for you to do that, to take the kind of assessment that has been taken by hundreds, if not thousands of people, really honed in how to put your spiritual gift to work here, not only in our church, but throughout the community. So uh, please make note of that. And then finally, what do we got here? A reminder about our small groups after our Tuesday morning sessions end. So hey, I, I'm as guilty as anybody. It seems like when that final Tuesday comes, we all just kind of drift, and it's like, see you later. Um, we'll, we'll catch you in October. Well, look, we're going to try, try not to have that happen as much as possible. In the past, we've had some folks organize some off-season men's life sort of things, and we'll continue to do that as best we can. But those of you who are small group leaders, Let's have a brief conversation today about what it might look like for us to keep the conversation going in the off-season, whether keeping up that Tuesday routine or just finding a Tuesday uh, once a month to connect. And everybody here, you've already revealed that you've got your Tuesday mornings free, okay? So we, we, we already know there's no schedule conflicts. So let's do our best to keep the connections going so that we can build next year upon what we've done this year and not have to start over too much. I think that should cover it. Steve, we got a, can I get it? Oh, yes, one more. One thing. Please. I don't know how many of you know Jeff Gillardi. He's a new, he's new this year. He may be here. I, I didn't see him coming. But um, you should be sure and check out. He has one of the paintings, Little Cristo Collective in the atrium. And it's really a beautiful painting. And, and uh, worthwhile. So it's worthwhile to look at. He's back there. He's over here. Yeah. 
There he is. Okay. We have gifted people in this room, and that's a great example of it. Fantastic. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. He's my agent. He's your agent. Okay. All right. Well, whatever you're paying him, keep it up. That's good work. Okay. So please take some time to just, you know, in the hustle and bustle of coming and going, whether it's Tuesdays or Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever you're here, take some time to pause, appreciate some of the aesthetic beauty that we've got and some of the gifts amongst our uh, congregation and our community here uh, for your enjoyment and God's glory. Okay, I got the thumbs up that I think we've covered all the announcements. And again, this is the last time. So anybody have any announcements they just want to squeeze in one last time before? Good, thank you. Oh, yes, yeah, what do we got? Good thanks to Steve. Indeed, yes. And we will, during our celebration breakfast, I have a hunch there might be, you know, a little time to recognize and say thank you to Steve. So, but of course, why don't we give Steve a big round of applause right now? Definitely worth more recognition than we can capture in one celebration breakfast. So the more we can spread that out. I think got another hand here, please. Yeah, my reclaimed ministry is doing the men's retreat in Evergreen, unfortunately, on uh, Friday, March 18th in the evening, and then all day Saturday on the 19th. There's some flyers on the table if anybody's interested. Okay, March 18th and 19th in Evergreen, flyers on the table. Please make sure you see that on your way out. Okay, seeing no more hands, why don't we transition as we often do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Good morning, Lord. We're grateful for another opportunity to be here together, and we thank you for all you've done these two sessions to to bring us to this point, the amount of growth and learning that's taken place. We're grateful for that. We pause just to acknowledge the, the stresses and anxieties of the week, of the day, of the month, We release those to you. We cast our burdens on you. We confess that we've fallen short in so many ways in thought, word, and deed. Things we've done, things we haven't done. We are very aware of our sinfulness and our shortcomings. We're also grateful for your forgiveness and the grace that you offer us through Jesus Christ. As we turn one more time to Mike's teaching the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask for wisdom and insight and discernment. We ask that you would be with Mike as he speaks this morning. Give him perception. Give him openness. Give him wisdom to communicate to us. Help us to be open to what you have to say. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, who can tell me where the where baseball is mentioned first in the Bible? In the beginning. See, there's all kinds of humor in the Bible. There you go. It's it's really been an honor for me to be with you on these Tuesday mornings. Um, if you want to keep showing up, I'll show up. <laughs> we'll just keep it going because it's it's been a joy getting to know you and uh, getting to share about the Holy Spirit so deep in my heart. Uh, is seeking the revival of the Spirit for His church, for His people. And I hope you've seen that. I hope you've seen that once we really examine what God wants for us, it's just exciting. It's just amazing what can happen. And today, um, we're going to really dig deep into some of these amazing scriptures to end this up when we talk about prayer. I had a seminary professor, 
And of course, when you're in seminary, you're studying the Bible all the time. And, you know, you go to the classes and you, you say, wow, you get to study the Bible? That's what your education was? To go study the Bible? And, and most of the time we'd be sitting there and we'd be talking about parsing and exegesis and this, this. And, or, you know, we kind of would get our, our ordain, I mean, our, um, arcane, uh, just old. And so we weren't that excited about it. We were just kind of going through the studies, going through the motions. But I had this one professor, his name was Dave Bradley. And, and he'd start off his time, and he'd get up there, and he'd go, oh, I'm so glad you're here today. What we're going to talk about, this is good stuff. You know, he'd just say that to me. This is good stuff. And he'd get so excited about what he was going to teach. And we loved taking his classes because it really did. He brought it alive. And I hope you've had that experience, and we'll have that again today as we look at this amazing scripture. We're going to be talking about prayer, and these scriptures just I was going to challenge and encourage all of us today to think about prayer in a much greater way, in a way that does bring the abundant life that God really wants to have for us in this time, in this place. So we've examined the ways that we keep in step with the Spirit. That's been our overarching thing. How to keep in step with the Spirit. How to live deeply in Him. To let His fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, mature and arise from within our lifestyles. To discover and use the gifts of the Holy Spirit that empower us to do greater things than we ever thought we could. To bring glory to the Lord. To to bring success and health to His body, the church. Our walk with the Holy Spirit draws us near to God in worship and closer to each other in loving relationships. So it's fitting that this final series about prayer, day about uh, the Holy Spirit, is about prayer today. And I just want to bring it down again, just to the basic here. Prayer is what? It's simply talking to God. Nothing more. You don't have to know King James English to pray. You don't have to use these and thous. You don't have to use any special formulas in your worship. It's a two-way dialogue in every situation with God. You can pray anywhere at any time. God is listening. And God wants to speak. We need to learn that two-way dialogue of, of not only just our bringing our concerns to God and where we are, but also hearing Him. We could spend a lot of time in prayer and talking about prayer and teaching about prayer. So we're just going to touch that real quickly today. Because in prayer, we want to hear God's direction. We want to know His wisdom. We want to see our world from His perspective and our situations. That changes everything, doesn't it? Remember when Jesus had the guys in the boat and the waves and the winds were crashing about? And what was He doing? He was sleeping. Why? He had the perspective of God. He said, what's the matter, guys? And He got up and He calms the winds and calms the waves. We are so tied up in this here and now, we can only see from six, maybe almost seven feet, some of us, off the ground. That's not a very high perspective, right? We need God's perspective. We need to feel His presence. We need to taste His goodness. And that's what prayer is about, is bringing us into God's presence in our life right now. So in six specific places in the New Testament, we're going to look today about how the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. You know, one day, we will talk directly to God. Revelation tells us we will see God face to face. Wow. He's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more worries, 
No more evil of any kind. It will all be joyful life together in the love of God. To explore a universe that God has set out for us. If you think heaven is going to be boring, sitting on a cloud, playing a harp. Now, if you play the harp, I'm sorry. But that's not what heaven's going to be like. I wrote a whole book on it. Heaven is going to be so exciting. So amazing. We're learning. We're getting there. That's what this place is about. This is our elementary school where we're going to graduate onto that great, amazing place. We have a way to get there. That great place of peace and joy. We're learning how to live with God and talk with God. So I want to talk about that a little more. The first scripture I want to look at is from Romans 8, 23, 27. It talks about what to do when we don't know how to pray. When we're facing uncertainty, difficulty, anguish, confusion. When we're grieving so much we don't even know how to express our feelings. Anybody been there? I have. You can maybe pinpoint some key times in your life when you were just overwhelmed. Uh, A time I always go back to was a time I was sitting in a hospital. My wife was about to give birth to our third child, and all of a sudden, everything was going well, and all of a sudden, everything was going wrong. And I thought in that moment, as I watched them, we were in a birthing room, and everything was, you know, breathing, all that kind of stuff, and I thought everything was going well, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, the doctors are yelling, the nurses, they're taking my wife's bed on the wheels down to the emergency room, emergency operating area, and they were going to do emergency C-section and and take care. And I thought at that moment, the way they were acting, I was going to lose my wife, and I was going to lose my new little baby girl that was with, with her. And all of a sudden, I was alone. They just left me. And it was like 12.30 at night, you know, right after midnight. And I just didn't know what to do, what to pray, what to say. I just said, God, help me. Take this time. This is your little girl. She's yours. I I just be the parent, but she's yours. I'm here for you. Whatever it takes, whatever is needed. My wife, please be with her. And I just remember how helpless I felt in that moment. Well, here's some news. In those times of great difficulty, of great overwhelming feeling of dread or whatever, confusion. What is happening in the Holy Spirit with us? Well, Romans 8 says the Spirit's praying for us when we don't know how to pray. Not only so, writes Paul, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly. Ever groaned before? That's what I'm talking about. That's signs of groaning. As we await eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, listen to this, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Men don't like to admit when we're weak, but it's good that we do at times when we come before each other and say, hey, I'm feeling weak. This is how we can bolster each other up as men. 
And we can really take it to God and really experience what God's going to do. And the Spirit is there to help us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. How about that? Right before God the Father. When we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is there praying for us, interceding for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints who are the saints. Every follower, we are every follower of Jesus in accordance with God's will. We're still trying to figure out how to open up our lives completely to the filling of the Holy Spirit all the time. But the Spirit is not stopped by our limited abilities. The Spirit is still there with us. God doesn't say, well, I'll only do so much for you because you still haven't learned enough yet. We don't earn God's presence. We don't earn the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is a gift. He's always there for us fully. Even when we don't know how to pray, He's praying for us. When we don't know how to live, we can surrender and rely on Him. When we're groaning inwardly because we're facing these trials, these temptations, these troubling times, and, and really, in the midst of temptation, brothers, call upon the Spirit. We're hungering, writes Paul, for the completion of our sanctification, of our becoming God's people, the complete cleansing of our lives so we can be fully healthy. We're groaning, desiring that, the full indwelling of the Holy Spirit among us. So we need to live in hope. Hope that this is going to happen. And remember, our hope is not wishful thinking. The hope he writes about here in Romans is not blind faith. It is based on who God is and what He has done and what He will continue to do, what He's doing now and will do forevermore. Our hope is in our confidence. I love that word confidence. It is two Greek words, confideo, with faith. Did you know that? Confideo, with faith. <coughs> Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. Because our faith isn't based in who we are, right? It's based in who God is, what He does for us. Our hope is the assurance of what we long for in Christ. Our confidence and faith is found in Philippians 1.6. Being confident, confideo of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. That is a life verse, friends, isn't it? Hold on to that. When you don't think you're getting anywhere, when you think it's in fact you're you're in reverse. Remember, God's in you, God's working with you, God has a plan for you, God has a wonderful future for all of us, and He's gonna bring it about. Our hope is certain. Because it's based in the faithfulness of God. And the Holy Spirit Himself is the very guarantee of that certain future. We will experience the fullness of life and we can start to experience it more and more as we let the Holy Spirit, the guarantee of God's presence with us in our lives now, work through us. 2 Corinthians 5.5 Now the one who has fashioned us, we talked about that you know, last week, that even before we were born, God had us in his mind. He want, and had us very, The one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit you know what a deposit is, a guarantee. You put it down to buy that house. You put it down to buy that car. You know, it's, it's yours, even though you haven't purchased most of it. It's the deposit guaranteeing what is to come. The Holy Spirit is that deposit of abundant, eternal life for us. 
But until that time of fulfillment, we continue to live with trying to grow our faith in the faithfulness of God, grow our hope in spite of our weaknesses. So we don't have the strength to face temptations. We pray the Holy Spirit's strength will overcome them in us. We don't have the knowledge to understand our situations. We pray the Holy Spirit to lead us in spite of our ignorance. As we walk with the Spirit in wonderful fellowship, the Holy Spirit knows our very heart's desires. And in His closeness with us, He comprehends just what we need. So we let our spirit be open to His Spirit. And God, the Holy Spirit, is interceding on our behalf, bringing us to the Father and the Son for that power of the Trinity of God. They all know what we need. They're all working on our behalf. They have always, and they will always do so. Second, Paul prays for all his churches. You know, he established so many churches and all his wanderings throughout Asia Minor, present-day Turkey, throughout Greece, even onto Rome, and some believe even onto Spain. He prayed that the work of the Holy Spirit would be there for his people. Look at the prayers of Paul. They're exciting. This, this one is really neat. This is a prayer he prayed for the people in Ephesus. But it's really his, a prayer that we can pray for each other in our churches, in our lives, in our men's group. Paul writes, Ephesians 1, 16 and 19, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking, here's his prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. How many want that today? I do. And revelation, so that you may know Him better. That's the first and best prayer to pray, isn't it? That we may know God better. Again, the more we know who God is, the more we realize He is God on the throne, and nothing's going to get him off the throne. And everything he promises is ours and will come about. He writes, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Our hearts get darkened, friends, way too easy. We get in these difficult situations and we think, oh, nothing can help us. There's a shroud falls over our hearts and our minds that we can't see. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened that in order that you may know the hope, there it is again, the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This is good stuff. Amen? His immeasurably great power for us who believe. Oh, sure, Mike, it's going to happen when I leave this world, go on to heaven. No, no, he's not talking about just then. It's certainly going to happen then, but he's talking about it now. How much can we discover now? How much are we open to that? I remember teaching on the Holy Spirit at a seminar, and I was talking along, and and I was talking about how much can God change your life? Maybe 10%, 20%, 70% And the guy in the back goes, no way, that could never happen. He had set himself against what the Spirit could do in his life. I felt sorry for him. Don't be afraid. Trust, believe. What did Jesus say to those guys in the boat? Don't be afraid. I'm right with you. Amazing things can happen. Have you heard about some of the things that are happening right now in Ukraine outside of the war? Have you been reading some of the... Have you heard of some of the things that Christians there are saying are happening? 
I mean, I'm starting to hear some amazing stories of where bullets are just losing their power. And, and opposing soldiers are losing their morale and just giving up. Now God is protecting His people in the midst of that war. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. God's not done with them yet. There are a lot of strong Christians in Ukraine right now. Followers of Jesus, whom He is going to protect and who He is going to use for greater ways. The power of His Spirit. When we pray like Paul, we pray in the Holy Spirit to discover what He wants to do in and with and through us. Paul prays for three things here for the Ephesians. One, that the Holy Spirit would grant them wisdom and revelation to know God better. Let's pray that. That's a great thing to pray for in the Spirit. Let's ask the Spirit to do that. Secondly, the Spirit would open their eyes, enlightening them to the need to know the hope they have in the riches of Christ. And third, they would experience the Holy Spirit's greater power. Let's pray that. That's a powerful prayer. As Paul prays it in the Spirit, let us pray it in the Spirit for Grace Commons. For your church, if it's not Grace Commons. For our families. For our community. For God among us, we can ask the Holy Spirit to open the way for His greater wisdom, hope, and mighty strength to take hold of our minds, hearts, and bodies. Now, also in Ephesians, the next great scripture of Paul. Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. And I truly believe that Paul here, it goes into a state of ecstatic worship. I mean, to me, this is one of the highest points you'll find in all of scripture what he's going to say right now. And there's another place when, um, for instance, John is on the Isle of Patmos and he goes into a, a revelation from God and what happens is the book of Revelation. It's an amazing book. Here is where Paul, I believe, just in the spirit, just suddenly pours out this language which is above our language just to get a, a, a glimpse of the extraordinary, infinite measure of God ready for us today. Ephesians 3, 16 and 21. Let me read it. Let me share it with you. I pray, writes Paul, that out of his glorious riches... Does anyone know how much how rich God is? The richest people on earth aren't even close. They're paupers compared to him. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. You see how the word power keeps popping up? We need that power. Through his spirit in your inner being, that's where the spirit is, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Again, lift that shroud. Be uplifted right in the core of our being. And I pray, writes Paul, that you being rooted and established in love. Are you there? That's the foundation. Rooted and established in love. Where's that love? Where can you see that love? What did Jesus do? died for us on the cross, rose again defeating our foes. That's the root, the foundation, the base of our faith in that historical, provable, established, firm fact. Established in love may have power. Here it is again. Together with all the saints, because we're always together, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep, 
is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now listen to this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ever ask or imagine. You think you're praying for miracles you haven't begun. Writes Paul. He does more than we could ever ask or imagine. You think of the most amazing thing God could do, He's going to do greater. He already has, He will. According to His power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I mean, you could just... This is good stuff. I get so excited talking about this. This verse is so overwhelmingly fulfilling and wonderful to to imagine, to grasp the infinite. And yet think about that moment. How can I grasp the infinite? I can only reach this far. How can we grasp the infinite God? And then I remember my grandchildren. And it used to be my children when they were younger. And when I walk into the room and they're down here, starting to get higher. One's ten now. It's up to here. But they all started down here, or even they couldn't even walk, and I had to hold them. But when they're little and they come running over to me, what do they do? When do you, so how many of you are granddads? What do the kids do when they see you? Grandpa. Grandpa, and what do they do, I hope? They run up to you, and they put their arms as far as they can around you. That's what God lets us do. He lets us grasp. He lets us hug Him. As much as we can of His infinite being. As much as we can take in. As much as we can hold. We're beginning to understand how great this God is. Prayer and the Holy Spirit is trying to get in touch with the almighty capacity of God to do what is impossible in our life and in our worlds. The Holy Spirit living through this embrace with us brings the hope, the ability, the power for us to grasp the infinite love of God and let the immeasurable force loose within and throughout our lives. Don't sell yourself short. You are an amazing, loved child of God, ready to hug, grasp the infinite God. Still later in the book of Ephesians, wow, Paul has so much to say. It's another prayer. He prays in the Spirit, Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. You know, there are many, many different types of prayers. They fit many different situations. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So Paul encourages us as the followers of Jesus to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. You can pray prayers when you're in bad situations. You can pray prayers when you're in good situations. You can pray celebration prayers. You can sing, you can pray grieving prayers. You can pray confused prayers. You know, what what are the Psalms all about? Everything. Yeah, Everything. Getting mad at God, getting mad at the situation, getting frustrated, getting sad, being grieving, being lost, being up high, being victorious, being defeated. Read the Psalms as an example of prayer. Again, prayer is talking to God in every situation. It's what Paul's trying to say. And when we pray in the Spirit... It changes our perspective on that. The Spirit teaches us how to pray in new ways with new requests 
for each new situation we encounter. By the way, one of the best ways to pray is pray the scriptures. Read a portion of scripture and just start praying it. When God is saying a promise to you, say, God, I claim this promise. When God has given you a command, saying, God, help me to live this out. When God is just doing something, wants to do something amazing, said, God, let me witness that and let me be a part of that. Let me come alongside you in what you are doing today. Daily, regular times of prayer. Paul says we are to pray without ceasing. Have you thought of that? What that means? In every situation, pray. The Spirit is right with you. God is with you. Say, okay, Spirit, I'm going to go meet with Matt now. I need a lot of prayer when I meet with Matt. Help yeah, you me meet with Matt. I love to pick on Matt. He's a good guy. I'm going into this situation with my family. I know this temptation. Whatever it is, pray the prayer. Colossians 1, 9 to 12. Actually, more quickly. Um, yeah, Colossians 1, 9 to 12. Paul reaffirms some of the prayers he's already told us. You know, Scripture keeps uh, bringing it back, helping us notice what we need to pray for, what we need to be about in prayer with the Spirit. He's praying again here for the fruit and work of the Spirit among them, but there's some more great stuff. Paul writes, For this reason, and it's a little hard, there's a lot there, but you've got it also in your, your uh, handout today. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And asking God, here it is, to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let that pour in. We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. So what we're praying for is practical stuff. We're not praying for ecstatic utterances. We're praying for how God's going to work in our daily lives. Pray in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and you may please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. Look at the list of things that God's going to do as we pray in the Spirit. So that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Wow, that's great stuff. The Holy Spirit brings his wisdom, his understanding, his will, the knowledge of his will, how we're supposed to live every day. The Holy Spirit is bringing the fruit of his spirit. Look at all the different fruit of the spirit you're finding here. You're finding love and you're finding peace and you're finding joy. That's what we're praying for. The Holy Spirit strengthens us with God's power to joyfully give thanks in all times, in all things, that we may experience the fullness of God in every situation. Then the last one I really quite quickly want to mention. And so vital. I'm glad we're not going to forget this one. Jude 1, 19 to 20. You know, how many of you have looked at the little tiny letter of Jude? <laughs> it's so cool that it's back there. And here's one of the, one of the neat verses, two verses in here, 19 to 20. These are the men who divide you, who follow mere instincts and do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends... Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Spirit. So what's the Spirit trying to do right now among us men? Build us up together. Unity, not division. Pray for unity in this group. Pray for unity in our churches. Pray against division. We are not anyone's judges. We are not anyone's uh, condemners. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are to build each other up. We are not to speak negative words. Speak encouraging and positive words. And think those and hold each other up. Pray in the Spirit for that unity. 
Holy Spirit teaches us to pray. Look, just take these verses and pray them this week, please. Memorize them. They're so good. They're so full of God's power for our daily lives and for our amazing future. So let me just summarize what we've been talking about over the last weeks. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. In our prayers, let us pray by the Holy Spirit. In our words, let us speak and act by the Spirit. In our actions, let us live by the Spirit. In our churches, let us be united and successful in the Holy Spirit. In our character, let us mature in the Holy Spirit. In our ministry, let us serve one another in the Holy Spirit. In our mission, let us bring many to know Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. In our lives, let us bring glory to God every day by the wisdom and power of the Holy Spirit. Let us not grieve the Spirit. Let us not quench the Spirit. Let us be filled with the Spirit every day. Let us walk with the Spirit every moment. Let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit so that we will arrive perfectly where the Lord has planned for us to end. In the love, joy, and peace of His eternal kingdom with God and His people forever. Amen? That's what we're talking about. When we started this weeks ago, did you ever think you'd understand so much better now and rejoice in what God wants to do among us through the God who's with us now, His Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Lord, we are praying for the amazing things You want to do in and through our lives. Thank you so much for your love that first displayed that power, power that overcame our wrongs, our sins, that brought mercy and forgiveness through the cross, power that defeated evil and will ultimately rid this world of all evil. For now, Lord, we pray that we can stand firm in you against evil, that we can stand with our brothers and sisters who are going through very difficult times right now, Defeat evil in this world, Lord. And let that happen through your faithful people who are living every day in the power of your Spirit, who are walking with you moment by moment, who are talking to you, living with you, and through you and by you, Holy Spirit, who are becoming people of light, people of truth, the Spirit of truth, people of love, people of hope that we all so much need. Thank you, Jesus, for all of this and more. Bless us in our times together now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Matt, we need to lay hands on this man. Would you come down here, please? (laughs) Gather. Come this way. We're going to lay hands on the brother. Powerful messages we've received. We're going to lay hands on it. Touch somebody's shoulder, as you wish. Come this way. Come on, guys. We've never had this kind of powerful teaching before this church. John, would you pray and they would you close us when you think we're done? Anybody can pray. Did you hear me? Anybody can pray. This is crazy. Crazy. Father God, thank you that you, your spirit caused this man to be born so he could come and be with us. Thank you. Thank you for the power and passion that he has brought with us. In the name of Lord, you gifted Mike in a very special way. 
Lord, open our eyes and our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Mike's gift that he can share it with us. <coughs> dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost moving in him, dear Heavenly Father. We thank you for his light to shine and the willingness to be your servant in Jesus' name. so often we just try to live our lives the way we live it. We live it for ourselves and we lose track of the, the power and the spirit that you give us. And we thank you and praise you that the reminder from Mike this morning was that you are interested in all aspects and you are with us and you give us the power and the strength if we'll just turn to you. But that does take our will to do that grace given to us the will to do that. Give us the courage, Lord, to carry my towards out into our day of courage. Remember that there's power there. We only exercise it. Father, thank you for giving us incomparable power in the Spirit. God, I pray that as you have stuck with us, we will stick with you, and we will have sticky lives in the Spirit. <laughs> and Lord, I'm asking what's next. Because you're never about what happened. You're about what's coming. And God, we want to know what's coming. You've empowered us for what's coming. God, it isn't about just me or the guy on my left or the guy on my right. It's about what you're doing in all of us. You want to grow this church to impact this place for your kingdom. So help us see that and help us step with you into that. Mm -hmm. Father, empower us in our small groups and empower us for each step this day and every day to come. In the great and glorious name of Jesus Christ and all of men said, Amen. Amen. Give it up for the Spirit and for Mike.